On an abbreviated version of Bet the Process today, we'll be talking about all that you want to know about this week's conference championships. We'll be talking about all the different angles, the totals, the over-unders, doing man versus machine. And we actually have kind of two picks in this game, at least two that I like and I think the machine likes a bit also. So feel free to listen and feel free to participate in what we even said might be a valuable teaser this week. As always, the Bet the Process podcast is brought to you by the Sports Action app. It's the best app for the sports better, and it's not even close. So with that, let's start the process. Episode 22 of the Bet the Process podcast. Unfortunately, we are recording a little bit late because Rufus uh, was victim of what did you fly? You flew like Air Morocco or something? Was it a I flew Air Canada and it was a fabulous experience, except that it took 36 hours to get where I was going instead of the say like 15 hours it was supposed to take. But I did get two free hotel rooms and vouchers for free meals and the Air Canada people were very nice. The ones that spoke English, at least. So, did you Tinder? Did you Tinder date in those cities? Um, I actually I didn't Tinder date, but I had a Bumble date. So I so my first flight from Casablanca to you must Montreal, have like a good picture on Bumble if people actually accept you, right? Because that's when the girls need to accept the yeah, dudes, the right? girls message first. Do you have a I kind of like it. Do you have a picture of me instead of you. You know, I could try that. Okay. So uh, no 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 so I had it so so the flight after getting up at like four thirty a.m. for a eight a.m. flight out of Casablanca I get there I check my bag and then they say oh the pilot is sick by the way they don't say it I find out through people that can speak French or Arabic or something but the pilot got sick and so the flight is leaving at six p.m. so I had a someone I had matched with before on Bumble like a few weeks back in, in Marrakesh, but she was in Casablanca. I don't know how that happened, but um, a hypnotherapist who, so I actually, she had a migraine the night before. So we did not have a date, but we had a, a lunch date. And she actually, this is the first time this has ever happened to me. Um, the girl paid for the date and she wouldn't let me. She was, you know, cause I capped back from the airport basically. Um, and did she? Yeah. Did you tell her about Ethereum and how you didn't need her stupid? Uh, I didn't, money? but she, but she told me how she was on the been on the cover of magazines and has a hypnotherapist therapy school where she trains future hypnotherapists and as well as uh, her own practice. And you know she's lived in Paris and Montreal and New York and seems wildly successful and is quite beautiful as well. It was a, uh, I guess this is what you get when you date women that are older than you. People Got that it. have self-confidence or and or have done a lot more, I guess. Yeah. It was it was very nice. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about some sports. Okay. Um this week in futures. Instead of futures, let's let's look ahead to the super potential Super Bowl matchups, um, what the look ahead lines were. I guess one question I have for you is how would you handicap Minnesota's home field if they are to make it? Like what would you make the lines? against like a New England or a Jacksonville. And let's assume, I don't know if you've been following this Tom Brady news, but assuming that Tom Brady is 100% healthy, which I think he is. 
Well, I haven't um, followed a lot in the last like 36 hours. And so, well, you know that line is down to seven, right? I, I saw and the total went down too. I was supposed to, I was going to grab uh, over 46 and I like it even money and I forgot um, before my flight. And then, and now, and then it went up to like 47, but now it's like down to 45 plus money. But so. you can't bet it because you're in the States. So. Exactly. That's true. So I'm basically kind of locked into what I'm, what I got, but yeah. which is, a load of nothing, but um, until I get to Vegas uh, on Tuesday. But I, I think that. Um, so yeah, I don't. Isn't hasn't Tom Brady been questionable for like every game the last like seven years? Yeah, I mean, game. I was just meeting with some people like that happened to be here from the league office, and they felt like this was just nothing. They felt like this was non-information. So who yeah. knows? I mean. By the time this thing airs, we might look like idiots, and Tom Brady may be out, and Brian Hoyer may be in. Um, I, I found that. Don't you find like that kind of line move to be a little particular, a little peculiar that the market reacted so much to that? Well, I think the market reacting kind of says that they take it seriously a little bit. Which that's what I'm saying. I would think it's, you know, it says maybe there is something to it if you respect that's the market. What I'm saying, yeah, you know, we, okay. we we're both saying it's nothing, but that we're both looking at a market. Especially since like some of the leading lines, I was like looking at Chris. Chris was the first one that I saw move, and it moved to minus seven, minus one hundred five on the Patriots. Right, and yeah, which is you know concerning uh, if which you is, are a Patriots fan like I am, and it's heartening if you have Jacksonville futures like I do. What do you have them at? Um, what prices did I get them at? Yeah. I got them all over the place at different times during the season. Which you don't have your weighted average. I, you know, I'd have to look it up. I could find it, but no, it's like, but it's like, it's over like a hundred to one, right? Um, some of it. Yeah. And some of it's, some of it was later on in the season, or I should say maybe like, you know, I think the sweet spot for futures tends to be a few weeks into the season when the market really hasn't adjusted to certain, um, teams. I think here's a good example. Are you going to hedge? Because isn't like, doesn't Massey Peabody have line value on the Patriots this week? Um, we didn't until the that line move. Not okay. at eight, we make we make it like ten and a half, but right. at eight and a half, that's not really that's not enough. But at seven, that's certainly a play. At seven, it would be. Yeah, it wouldn't be huge, but it would still be a play. But you know, the other the, the other game, uh, the Minnesota Philly game, is one where we have even more exposure on on uh, Philadelphia futures. And that's and one I where you like Philly in that game also again. I do, you? but I'm I'm laying off of it for that reason. Because you have all the futures exposure, exactly, and but otherwise it would definitely be a play, right? It would, but it's it's not nearly as big as the play last week. And, and you know, if the line moves, if there's a big move towards Minnesota, then you know, I probably would still have wanted some. But at three, uh, and it's plus three with big juice, you know, big minus money. Um, given the fact that I make Minnesota a one point favorite, that's not a huge amount of value. And it sort of says a lot about, I mean, I'm kind of surprised that the line wasn't higher given the fact that Foles didn't play that well last week. Well, he, he actually didn't play that badly. I mean, he, he threw for 200, some 250 yards and you know, I didn't think he played that badly. You thought he didn't play well. Is throwing for 250 yards, the definition of playing well. No, but his, his certainly, well, what is your what was your reasoning for saying he didn't play well? Like, if I look at his actual overall statistics for the end of that game, he did not play poorly. He did not turn the ball over. Yeah, sorry, he did not throw an interception. His completion percentage was reasonable. They just they didn't let him do very much. They didn't allow him to try. 
many things, but I don't think that he played poorly given the expectation of how he was going to play. I mean, he did complete a high percentage of his passes, um, but what was his yards per attempt? I don't think it was that high. I don't know. I mean, I didn't, you're right. That's probably the first thing I should have looked at to say whether he played well or not. But I, I do think like the game plan was not to allow him to do very much and, and make many mistakes. And I thought within that he played fine. Okay. Actually his yards per attempt were 8.2. That's not bad at all, but no, it's not bad at all. So why, I, why are you, why are you watched, trying to talk shit on him? the game? He just didn't seem, I don't know. He didn't seem that oh great. Oh my God. Did you really just say that? Having watched the game, having watched, part of the game no but i mean like aren't you doing the exact thing that we you know like you are creating a narrative yes, yes but, but like based not on the, the facts of the matter the facts are 8.2 yards per play and you know not turning the ball over and it's, it's fine that's correct though however um i'm talking about the market reacting and, and i was saying that i thought the market would i didn't think the market would have um reacted that positively towards Foles' performance based on the eye, my eye test, I guess. So that well, was... so I think your eye, I honestly think your eye test was off because my eye test said that certainly he did not play poorly. And I, I think you have to remember what the level of expectation was of the market of Nick Foles. Like, That's true. We talked However, about this last week. Everyone was thinking Nick Foles was like the equivalent to like having to play, I don't know, like what's that dude? The, the tennis, the, the guy that played for Arizona this year, the third oh. stringer, not Stanton. Um, I want to say Blake Bortles, but it's not Blake Bortles. Blake the guy Gabbert. that played in Missouri, the tall Gabbert. guy. Gabbert. Name? Gabbert. Gabbert. But he was okay for a few games. Again. Yeah, he was reasonable, but like, you know, Nick Foles. Foles, I, I, don't, I don't know. Foles has a track record um, of, well, he had that one half a season that was just phenomenal. He doesn't have that much track record. I mean, he has a track record of being like, okay. Um, Certainly, he has a better track. He has a better track record than Blaine Gabbert. Okay, I mean, he had a track record of a really, really good year. Slash, well, it was let's see, 2013. Right, he had a really, really like, good year, and then he had some bad years. Sixty-four percent completion percentage, twenty-seven touchdowns, two interceptions, nine point one yards per attempt, one hundred nineteen point okay. two. Those are those are okay numbers, yeah. I guess. His his career okay. quarterback rating is eighty-seven point four, and that's including right. like that's including. I mean, he had 10 starts that year. Um, the next year, he had eight starts, and the team went 6-2 and two in those games. I guess my St. Point, Louis my point. was 4-7 and seven as a starter with St. Louis with only a 69 quarterback rating, and he's, he stunk up the joint then. But that... Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, he's definitely... You know, yes, he has much better career numbers than Gab- Gabbert, and he's much better than some untested, you know, Joe Schmo guy. I mean... You know, quarterbacks like John Skelton have started games. Like he's not one of those. That's, that's my point. My point. Okay. Anyway, so so you were. Yeah. Saying, let's get but, back but to you. I, I was saying. Okay. So I thought the market had way overreacted to Foles' crappy performances, uh, you know, in the previous few games, and I didn't think that this game would be enough to sort of swing the needle in the other direction. That that that's my point. Okay. That's but I that's guess reasonable. That's a reasonable Especially given that they played at home against the Falcons defense, which. You know, it's been, it was, you know, it's improved a bit, but it's not a great defense. But, but, the Vikings but Rufus, defense I don't, is a great defense. But Rufus, I don't think it's has swayed that much. I mean, they're still three point underdogs to a Minnesota team who you, depending on the narrative, um, don't deserve to be here, et cetera. Um, a team that definitely has been a bit weaker on the road than they have been at home. 
Um, a team that's still quarterbacked by Case Keenum, regardless of how good he's looked at times this year, it's still Case Keenum. So I, I think three is, you know, I'm happy getting three with Philly. Um, I face that interesting, and I was curious about what you think about this. Would you have rather had three and a half minus 120 or uh, three even? I think I'm, if I remember correctly, and this is just me spitballing, but I think it's worth about 19 cents or so that the three and a half to three. Uh, so it's about so, the same. Yeah, about the same. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder if there's like a, do you think there's any sort of like analysis that you can do with the total that says that maybe it has more value since this is such a low total? Um, you, know, I've, you know, I've looked at that stuff in the past, especially with money lines to try to figure out, you know, if, if a higher scoring game, you would think there'd be more variance. So, so that a, you know, a 10 point favorite in a game with a higher total would be less likely to win the game overall. Um, and there's, but there's honestly marginal evidence of that kind of thing. So I, I would think that, that if you have any effect, it's going to be minute, like maybe half of a cent or something. So it's, it's honestly not really worth the time to dig into it. Right. Got it. I mean, I've, um, I've looked at this stuff in the past, but this is years ago that I looked at it, and that, that that's why I can't really remember the specifics. Got it. Okay. Well, it sounds like we believe. Okay. Now, the we, reason we started this whole conversation yeah. was I was asking you if Minnesota makes the Super Bowl, how would you handicap their home field? Exactly. And I I, I did the politician thing and deflected because I wasn't really. Um, I was getting my sh- getting my stuff together. You know, I don't. I don't That's know the because there, there isn't. The yeah, no. I mean, I was just deflecting. I, I was no. I was pivoting. That, that's that's the political. That's term. a Silicon Valley term, pivoting. That's a political term as well. However, it's actual word. It's a word too. So, okay. To your original question, I don't know because <laughs> is I don't think there's really any precedent for that. For for there is no precedent. Everyone keeps saying this. There, there's no precedent. Oh, uh, do they? I don't know what people are saying. People are saying you know, here's the thing. stupid shit, but yes, they are the saying Super Bowl, there's no precedent. Okay, a lot of part of the home field advantage for a super for a game in general is uh, familiarity and check, which they have, which they have. However, you're going to have a completely different routine. So I think, but the familiarity part is going to be there. And there's other games where you have different routines. It's not like every game is the same time every every Sunday, right? Um. The other thing, if there's ref bias, that's influenced largely by the crowd. However, it's going to be a very corporate crowd, and I wouldn't expect... Um, I mean, you probably will have more Minnesota fans than you would if it was in a different location. In fact, I'm sure you will, but I don't think it's going to be overwhelmingly like I mean, like a home game in terms of the crowd. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. Well, the thing is, it's a dome, so it could be pretty loud if, you know, like I feel like... I don't know. The Super Bowls are weird, right? Like they, there's very little, it feels like very little personality in the stadium when you're there. Um, and I, I, I would just, honestly, I would give them relatively close to what a normal home field would be in that game because of the familiarity. Um, because I do think it will, they will have um, more fans than the other team. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe two thirds of what a normal home field would be. It's 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 definitely like 
licking your finger and putting it in the air for wind kind of thing, right? It is. We, we don't know the answer. And I think the closest parallel is when a team like Georgia is, host, is playing in the SEC championship game in the Georgia Dome. Like, what is... Uh, no, that's, what do you not, do that? that's, not, that's not the same, though, because they're not playing in Athens. Right, no, okay. I mean, they're but, at least playing in the Minnesota, in, like, their well, home... Is Athens close to Atlanta? I, I assume it's like, an hour, like it's like an hour away. Oh, I guess it isn't a suburb. Okay, but so, but you know what? I the point I'm making is when a team is playing, you know, USF playing a bowl game at the Citrus Bowl, which is not their home stadium, but it's in the same city. You know, so I understand the point you're making, and. But, even with that, there's a very small sample size to look at yes, that. So exactly. So we I think, can't conclude. I think anything. we would I think the fairest thing to do on this and the simplest so this is like one of those things where like I don't think additional work to figure this out is gonna make you any more accurate. I think you just have to come to a point of view, which is like I'm going to give them a standard home field discounted by a third or something. Right. And I think but I, th- I do think approaching it logically and saying, okay, what are the components of home field? What which and you know, we don't know necessarily how much to weight each potential component, but you can sort of go through it and say, okay, is this still going to exist? Is this still going to exist? And, you know, I, th- I think like two thirds sounds about right to me. Yeah. I don't know. I think I mean, we I just think... decided it's two thirds. All these people on these shows have been trying to figure this out and we just decided we did. it's two thirds. However, I mean, I know I'm going to go into it and, and I'm going to have a healthy respect for the fact that I could be very wrong on that. And so you have yeah. to understand that uncertainty when you're looking at, you know, the, the perceived edge you have and sort of say, okay, well, if the market actually only values this at like a one third of home field, like, do I still have an edge here? Yeah. Cause yeah. How do I want my bet to be based on how the home field thing, or do I want it to be based on the team strengths? Right. Yeah. I mean, again, like it's the super bowl and it's going to be, I mean, I think what would you say? Like new England would be favored assuming a healthy Tom Brady by like, Three over Minnesota with Minnesota getting home field advantage credit in Minnesota. Yeah. With, okay. If Minnesota got full home field advantage, I have the Patriots only is a half a point favorite 0.3 actually. So I would have uh, the home field worth three points there to the Vikings. 3.0. How about if Jacksonville goes through seven or something? If Jack- Jacksonville um, at Minnesota, that would be seven. Yeah. 7.1 home field will be a little bit, um, a little bit less, actually. 2.7. Don't ask. This is, uh, yeah. What if Philly somehow plays Minnesota in the Super Bowl? What would that be? <laughs> you, you, you know, I actually typed in Philadelphia for a second. Just, but... Yeah. Can't happen, guys. They're playing right this week. And whoever wins is going to the Super Bowl. Um, there was a narrative I heard this week about the playoffs being even more pick the winner compared to the regular season. And I'm guessing that's probably because the lines are much smaller in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I think the round where that narrative um, existed was the, the wild card. Well, no, the divisional round where you have one team coming off a bye, right? Yeah. Cause that's, I think we, we talked about this last week, I believe. Yeah, we did talk about it. Um, what do you uh what do you would you think if the Patriots had stayed at say seven and a half or goes up to seven and a half, what would you think about a Patriots Eagles tease this week? A Patriots Eagles tease. 
you know, they, the Patriots are at seven and a half. You get to tease through the seven and the three. The Eagles, where you would tease not through the three, but upwards. Well, because you're getting seven. plus because it's plus three big minus money. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I wouldn't be opposed to that actually, given that I, I would show value on I mean, there'd be value on each side, a little like on its own. So, so the tease would make it a little even a little more valuable. Yeah, you got to make sure if you do that tease and you listen to us that you're getting minus one ten on that. Not yeah, yeah. Crappy. No, I would not do. It. I would only do it at minus one ten. That's that's. You don't want to get minus one twenty, which like some people will try to sneak in there. So make sure that that makes a difference. Don't just make that bet and think like, oh, this doesn't make a difference. But um, it makes a huge yeah. difference. Huge, huge. How about the totals in these games? So they've been moving around. Um, Obviously, with the Tom Brady thing and with the weather forecast becoming more, uh, it looks like it's gonna be warm though, right? It doesn't look like it's gonna be bad weather at all, does it? Uh, looks like what I have in my document. The late, the latest update I put in was forty-one degrees in Foxborough. It's balmy. Six percent, six percent chance of rain. I have to put, I have to put like how many inches of rain I expect, which is mostly zero. It's it's one of those things that. You know, if you get rain, it's probably going to be, you know, substantial. So it's, it's, I kind of, it's, I don't know. Most of the time I just put zero unless there's actually a legitimate chance because right. yeah, I care Got more it. about median than mean. Anyway. So yeah. Um, wind speed of five, I make the total without factoring weather 49 um, and factoring in weather uh, 49 and a half. Some value on the over. Yeah. Uh, if Tom Brady's healthy. Yes. And in Philadelphia, it ha- Philadelphia has very similar weather as well. Forty-two degrees, it looks like, and I make that total forty-one point nine. So I also show value on the over there, as I have all postseason, kind of. Yeah, there's been there's been um, there's been more over value for sure. And and last week it looked how particularly they, how, well. How have you done betting overs in the? In I've the... done this this playoffs. I've done very well. Although I've done very poorly betting on second half unders, which even accounting for my pregame position and, and sort of um, adjusting the market towards my number a bit. I've still shown value on the unders in the second half of, of both of the games on, I think at least three of the four games this week, this past weekend. And I think I lost all that. I think I actually lost all my second half bets and won all my pregame bets last weekend. So I think you mentioned that to me when we were, when we were WhatsApping from Morocco. Yeah. All right. Um, we're doing an abbreviated podcast this week because this is going to hit late. And I think we've hit on a lot of the topics that we want to talk about as it pertains to these games uh, before we actually do man versus machine and dive into like sort of what our picks would be for this week. Is there anything other subjects that you want to talk about? Um, not really. I'm guessing you've had a chance to listen to some of these other podcasts and some of the other uh, newsletters and what have you out there. Do you have any? any sort of uh yeah i mean one thing kind of notes i had was talking a little bit about the patriots and whether they do have fewer penalties called on them than other teams which is something that people are kind of talking about um someone talked about the pats line being inflated because of teaser protection and that's no longer the case obviously because it's come down um there was a lot of people talking about handicapping minnesota's home field if they are to make it to the super bowl um, there's a narrative about there being sharp money on the Eagles, which has made that number come down, and and why three is juiced so heavily right now. So those those were the main themes that I kind of heard heard. Um, can we you know, can there, before there's, 
There's also one more, which is that Minnesota is a team of destiny now after Ooh. that play and that you don't want to bet against them because they're a team of destiny. There have been other teams of destiny, right? I mean, wasn't there that um, miraculous uh, Hail Mary by Aaron Rodgers a few playoffs ago and then they lost in overtime? Is that, was that correct? It wasn't Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. So, I mean, you can look like a team of destiny because of one crazy play and then. Well, there was like, I was on Tony Kornheiser's show this morning and he was mentioning Minnesota, like not really deserving to even be here. And I was like, well, no, they're the team of destiny. So there's two narratives that you can actually go after with this Minnesota sort of um, moment. Uh, Does it like, it's interesting. Definitely deserving team though. I mean, you look at them, they have the best, they have the, the best defense in the NFL right now, from, according to Massey Peabody. And they have a very, very solid offense, and they're the second best team in football. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that they're, they're, they're definitely deserving. But I think the point was that they did not necessarily deserve to win that game. Yeah, is a game like that and an ending like that, does that have any impact on how you think about a team going forward? No. You know, it's funny, too. That play, you could say, okay, there's a lot of luck in it. And there's, of course, there's a lot of luck in a play like that. Um, but that's still not going to influence my ratings very much. It's not like my ratings are saying, oh, they won this game so that, you know, so, you know, versus if they had lost, it would have been, you know, I mean, maybe it'll influence it by, you know, a 20th of a point or something like that, that one play. I don't know. But it's it's not going to be a huge, um, that one play, while it had a huge impact on on the game's outcome, it doesn't have a big impact on the ratings. But what really quickly, back to the Philadelphia thing. It's just so interesting to me how the how the there is like six points of value according to Massey Peabody on the Eagles last week, and it's only it's less than two points this week. And you you know last week they were facing a team in Atlanta that I had, I you know I, I, it's not like I'd been fading them all year or anything. I think I was pretty neutral on them generally throughout the year, and so and I guess I showed a a little bit of value on the Vikings last week. I made the line six, but I really just, uh, you know, it really seems like the market is, is uh, knocking the Vikings a bit and, or boosting the Eagles based on last week's performances. Well, I mean, I think that, I think you are overvaluing, um, the disparity last or undervaluing where the disparity came from last week, because I do think like people were starting to go gaga about Atlanta. Um, so I think like people, let's say there were two points of shading towards Atlanta and two points of shading towards, um, you know, Nick Foles being bad and maybe the Nick Foles corrected a little bit and you no longer have the Atlanta in play. So there, there's your disparity right there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I think you're like, overplaying what this means for Minnesota and um, Philly when really this is just a statement of how the market felt about Atlanta versus Philly. And this isn't like this. Now you're comparing apples to oranges. Okay. That, that's what I was asking. Basically, do you think it, if it's, yeah, I, I do think so. Or... Because I, I think, I think what's happened, this line makes sense to me in the way that like the two teams are perceived. Like I don't, yes, there isn't, the tremendous value there was last week, but I think the value last week was a matter of like everyone getting on this Atlanta bandwagon. You just heard people talking about it. Like you read all the mainstream narratives about it. And then you just had this sort of like unknown about like the last thing that people saw was Nick Foles struggling to score against uh, a Dallas team and then struggling to score against an Oakland Raiders team. So 
that narrative was so prevalent. And now you at least have him playing competent, you know, over eight yards per attempt and whatnot. So I, I do think like they've adjusted a bit on Philly. Um, and I think that, you know, you, you have a, a Minnesota team that people do believe in and think is good. And so it, it doesn't, the line doesn't surprise me. The line is, is makes, I, I actually like much prefer a situation like this, where at least I understand the disparity in the line from what my numbers say versus like having it be almost too much. And like being like, what am I seeing that the market doesn't? Right. No, that makes sense. And, you know, last week I was saying how the Massey Peabody model isn't great with adjusting for quarterback injuries, especially if a quarterback is one quarterback played most of the season and a crew, you know, and, and had a huge influence on that team's performance and then gets injured and you have another guy in and how to value the, um, how much credit or blame to assign to the original quarterback. Right. So I was saying that my number probably is low or sorry, I mean, I am artificially high on the Eagles because of the uh, because I'm assigning a lot of credit to the Eagles offense for stuff that was Carson Wentz. Uh, I just don't think that the uh, I don't know. I just don't think that much has changed with the Eagles based on this one week. Anyway. All right. Let's go to man versus machine. About that. Let's start with machine. Our second to last man versus machine for the season. Okay, Jeff. Um, let's see. Let, let's let's start it. Okay, New England is hosting Jacksonville. The market I think we'll go with is seven. Do you think that's a fair price? Yeah, let's go with seven. Let's go with seven. Machine is on the Patriots because the machine makes them a ten and a half point favorite. But that, as I said, that assumes that that we see a healthy Tom Brady. However, if Tom Brady is not playing, um, my quick back of the envelope calculations say that Hoyer would be about. Wow, ooh, that's big. Um, seven to eight point downgrade. So yeah, it wouldn't be near so it would be about two and a half. Um there'd be about a two and a half point spread uh towards the Patriots with uh Hoyer playing. But would, would you do like a pump? weighted would you do like a weighted model here based on the probability mm-hmm. of, of Brady playing in your mind? Do you, does anybody really think Brady isn't gonna play? I think when Brady said in a news conference that, you know we'll see about whether he'd be he'd play i think that that was you know i think that's to that's a little gamesmanship i agree i think i, I have playing. zero not, doubt i, I mean i love i actually if the line is seven i love the patriots i think that jacksonville after last week is incredibly overrated um pittsburgh did not just outgain them from a yard standpoint they are gained them from a yard per play standpoint i know you're gonna say they were playing yeah but they, they the were time. they were in jacksonville was play- yes i i I think that's very I know, true. I, I know, but they still handed them four, Big Ben handed them 14 points. And they wait, wait, wait. Two, I also say that Pittsburgh, a lot of those, I mean, they had the two crazy fourth down plays. And if you watch the game... They had um, two terrible fourth down plays, too, that like if they had just converted them, things could have been very different. Okay, that's fair. However, um, and... Did I'll, you walk away from that? What What did the game grades say? They, let's just go to the thing. What did, you, did you run your game grades? I didn't run the game grades, but I can tell you what the ratings on Massey Peabody were last week and this week. Last week, Jacksonville was... Um, Last week, Jacksonville was a 2.3, and now this week, they are a 2.76, whereas Pittsburgh last week was a 
5.54. This week, they're a 4.93. So it looks like Jacksonville clearly won in the game grades there. Okay. And I, I mean, do think... Yeah. I'm less impressed with Jacksonville than everyone else, I guess. Um, but, uh, so you mentioned yards per play. However, Pittsburgh got a lot of them on chunk plays. Those, you know, those long fourth down touchdown passes. Um, I get were, it. Were, I understand. Yeah, and, and that matters. And that matters. No, and I know way, it matters, the eye test, Wait, wait, wait. I, I want to say something about the eye test really quickly, which is not factored into my model, but you said they didn't look good, that good. And I think that, a lot of those fourth uh, <clears throat> down plays were like perfect passes, and the coverage. I th- I feel like even when Pittsburgh did make plays, it was their execution was was very good, rather than the Jacksonville defense was was bad. You know what I mean? It was like I mean, the ball. The reality is they gave up spot. forty. They and, gave, they gave up forty two points. Antonio Brown. They gave up forty two points. They gave up forty two points. How much? I mean, they gave up over five garbage time, something yards, right? Yeah, but I mean, a lot of that was garbage time. And Jacksonville, like, was garbage time. Like, Pittsburgh was within, within a score almost the entire second half. Okay, but, but, um, I do think in the fourth quarter, up when you're up two scores, you don't want to give up the, the quick strikes generally. And although they kind of did at one point, they but, did, yeah. they gave up quick strikes. <laughs> I mean, it's as you said, it's not, or as I've said, I guess, it's not about. Yards, it's more yards per play. And Big Ben threw, I mean, they had a ton of plays 58 pass attempts for, by uh, Roethlisberger. You know, that's 70, what? 74 right. and offensive good, plays. And he still had a good yard per play. 76 offensive plays, not they including the sack. They still had like almost sacks, a yard right. per play more than Jacksonville. Yeah, but a lot of it came on big plays. And it came at times when um, I'm discounting it a little so bit. Here, here's of, what I believe is going to happen. This is, this is my prediction. Okay. Okay. The Patriots are going to spread them out. The pass rush is not going to matter. They're going to run a lot out of these spread formations. And Brady's just going to come to the line of scrimmage, look at where the mismatch is, and throw there quickly. That's all he's going to do. And okay. they are going to win this game by double-digit points. I do think the Jaguars seem, like, from from my limited observation, uh, limited observational perspective, um, the Jaguars are a very good tackling team, so I, I I don't I don't really know if the short passes are going to be where it's at. I mean, if Jacksonville could tackle that well, he can get six yards every play. Yeah, and, and that, that's kind of what the Patriots have done for years and years, except for the years they had Randy Moss. Yeah, I mean, and they have great. They, they, this is probably their best collection of running catching running backs that they've ever had. Yeah, they're going to have James White, Lewis, Deion Lewis. Rex Burkhead. You would think that Deion Lewis was going to be like the, I mean, he seems like more of the pass catching back type, but, but, you know, James White has been that guy for them. Well, Lewis is like more elusive running. So I think they like to have him run. Yeah. Okay. Move on to the next game. Second game. We have the Philadelphia Eagles as a three point home underdog against the Minnesota Vikings. Although I actually think that number is, I mean, I don't know what we want to call. It. Yeah, plus three you think minus. It's going to come down to two and a half. It's like a, it's like a plus three minus one hundred five, like true price. Um, two point seven five is like Fezzik would say. Yeah, uh, you know, I'll t- yeah. Asian handicap, right? To keep with uh, the Asian theme of the show. Yeah, Asian people are going to come kick your ass after this. Um, we have to, we're going to have to edit well, out the beginning part. <laughs> what does the machine? What does the machine say? 
Okay, the machine says that that the spread should be Vikings by uh, 0.86 points. So Vikings by a point, basically. So the machine likes the Eagles. The machine is on the, um, yeah, machine's on the Eagles. Yeah, I'm also on the Eagles. Um, I I think this is good value on an Eagles team that, you know, continues to be underrated, has a great defense, is at home, and... You know, a lot of their success um, offensively can be on the ground also. And I, I, I think that if they need Foles to do stuff, he's going to be able to do it. I, I mean, if you came into the season and you were like, hey, you have the chance to have Nick Foles as your quarterback or Case Keenum as your quarterback, there would be some argument there. It certainly wouldn't be definitive towards Keenum. So That's Keenum, has, Keenum has played well this year, clearly, but I – you know, I can't see a world where he's that much of a difference over Foles at this point. I mean, maybe in a couple of years, you're going to call me an idiot for saying that. But um, I do think like in this game, getting three points at home with Philly is, is a bargain. I mean, I think, you know, I don't think it's a bargain. I think that line is, is a lot closer to what it should be than I expected it to be as we've, as I've detailed. Yeah, but you still see value on it. Like if you didn't have your futures on Philly, you'd be betting on Philly. Um, Not... <sighs> It plus three with heavy juice towards the Eagles. At plus three even, you would have been better. Yeah, it plus three even, yes. Which is what it was I do, earlier. But I do think week. I do think Definitely. you're kind of selling Keenum's year short a little bit. And I mean the QBR stat I think has him as the number one or two quarterback in the NFL, and that's something that actually looks Please at, don't quote QBR. Okay, please. but please. but doesn't that look at um Oh wait, that's or, or sorry, am I thinking like pro football focus has him as like a QBR is the well. ESPN thing, right? Right. Pro Football Focus is uh, game grades have him really good, I believe, and and that's no, I mean, he's, that he's been fine. Like he's, he's done, right. That that sep- that that supposedly segregates um, sep- uh, his performance from that of like in this America, we try not to segregate. So, well, you want you want to? I mean, well, you do want to segregate his performance from his performance of wide receivers and running backs. You want to be to to be able to. I figure want them out to all be on the same bus. It's fine. They, 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 yes, you still want them riding the same bus. I want them all riding the same bus. All right. Well, that was a very disjointed uh, Bet the Process podcast. Thanks for joining us. As always, um, next week, props or two yeah. weeks props. So so I've been very busy this week getting myself ready for for Super Bowl. I'll be in Vegas betting props for okay. two weeks, basically. And so um, I'll... Maybe next be, week we'll, we'll talk about a few props about. that you're already down on. And... Well, maybe, or, or which ones I sort of bet one way to, to, to set the market up to bet the other way. Yeah, her album, Vulgaris move. Just let's, let's put some stuff out there to trick people. You know, it, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that would actually, like, assume... that would, you, you would need people to actually listen to this podcast that have any influence, which I don't know if that's true. Yeah. All right, so with that, thank you guys. Thanks for listening.